Let's rumble. Let's war. Heaven versus hell through man. We win. Part 2 by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. After reading part 1 of this subject, let us ask ourselves, who owns our minds? Don't answer too soon. Consider our personal lives as we answer this question by looking at how we think, how we therefore act. Inspect what fruit is there. Matthew chapter 7 verses 17 through 21. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. So, is the fruit of God's Spirit love, peace, joy, gentleness, kindness, long-suffering, patience, etc., in our minds, or the opposite, reflecting the nature of the adversary? Galatians chapter 5 verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. If the latter is so, please understand, we are still good people, but the enemy has made us his puppets. He wants us to continue establishing his world, and he certainly does not want us to hand it over to God's kingdom. By transmitting his thoughts to us, he fills us with his pride and arrogance. Letting us think we're in control and the thoughts of how to build our little empires. Ours. He has lived through us since the garden to construct this failing world and its systems, and he is battling very hard to maintain his position. If you haven't read part one of this series, please go back and read it before you continue on. It's a foundation for what we are discussing. Satan, as we learned, encourages dissension and division. It is the powers of darkness that are causing humanity to destroy each other through wars, over control, unhappy relationships, lust for power and money, etc. On and on the list goes. He has made us admirers of his inventions. Lovers of the pleasures he has devised for us. Even though they're all admittedly imperfect and in some way designed to kill, steal, or destroy. He does pamper his own pet puppets, at least while they serve him, rewarding them with the world's wealth and the admiration of lesser puppets. So mankind strives to be excellent for Satan's futile goals, all the while satisfying the nature of the enemy. Evil, all is evil, 
though it can appear good at the time, just like the one behind it all, the tree of good and evil. Let's shine the light on him, bring him into full view along with all the unclean spirits that follow him. Let's force him and the world he governs out of our lives so God will intervene and restore what the enemy has damaged. Let us turn our backs on Satan's knowledge and learn to walk led by the mind of Christ. We can do it. As we saw in part one of this blast, Jesus opened the prison doors and set the captives free. But friends, we must take the initiative to come out. We don't want to stay locked in a cell with rejection, pride, anger, lust, addiction, etc. Because we're ashamed to come out, afraid of what people will think. We don't want to be entrapped by the thinking of a creature that means to destroy us and all Father has created. Leaders, we have an even greater responsibility than the body at large. We can't help others regain their freedom if we're bound to these evil spirits ourselves. Shine the light on what is bothering you behind closed doors and come into the light. There is nothing wrong with us. We are the creation of God and the blood of Christ has done away with sin for those who believe in Him and repent of wrongdoing. The problem lies in the enemy affecting us. Good people, bad devils. Wouldn't it be fantastic if the whole of humanity would declare us set free of the enemy day? All of us say to God, we choose you, the tree of life. We want your thoughts to feed our minds so we can walk in your ways. We want our nature to change back to the image of Jesus so you can build a perfect world through us. Destroy this world and all the dead works that were performed through the knowledge given us by the enemy. In fact, if we as humanity would separate from this world to the degree we can and still survive, food, etc., unite and take a stand against the forces of hell, our victory is guaranteed. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 17 through 18. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean all built on the knowledge of the enemy, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. God's promise of a perfect world would at last be made possible. Apostle Peter's desire would be fulfilled. Mull it around in your mind. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 13. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, in which righteousness dwells. Makes no difference if we're rich, poor, or in between, black, white, yellow, or red, men, women, little children, all the same and precious to God. Our different cultures, religions, and classes of people are the result of Satan's tainted knowledge, making us victims of Satan's cruel, divisive nature. We were originally created to be one big family. The adversary is quite aware of the fact that dividing and separating us makes us powerless. But this is not the way it has to remain as we begin to come together as the body of Christ. Ephesians 
chapter 4, verse 13, encourages us to continue seeking truth as Christ is truth, the Word, and the way, and unite as one body building our faith and strength till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, the complete body, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Look at the works Jesus did, walked on water, healed the sick, delivered man from evil spirits, turned water to wine, and yet he said we would do greater works. So when humanity comes together as the body of Christ, remember he has already won the battle, and as his body we can enjoy that status. United we are powerful, as a whole race, with God in our hearts and minds. We can declare war on the adversary, war on the body of Satan, Antichrist, and challenge his right to invade our minds. We could war against his wisdom, war against his presence in our lives. Let's start to rumble, humanity, against the gates of hell. We want to see God's covenants fulfilled in us. We want the promises of restoration and regeneration to begin. We're tired of being robbed of our inheritance as the children of the living God. Do you realize this age is a new cycle, the morning of the eighth day starting from when man was created? A thousand years is as a day to God, and it's been seven thousand years since Adam and Eve, and we're in the early morning of the new eighth day. Eight is a number symbolic of new beginnings. Those born again in this age are about to experience a huge, huge change, a change greater than when Christ moved the church from Judaism to Christianity. In fact, in a twinkling of an eye, a splitting of an atom, the greatest change since the garden is soon to occur. As humanity went from eternity to time by choosing Satan's knowledge, so we will go from time to eternity by choosing the wisdom of God. Isaiah 11 prophesies of this time and shows the glorious results. Isaiah chapter 11 verses 6 through 9 The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, the calf and the young lion, and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. Not the intellects, not those whose minds are full of the world's wisdom. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den. All creation will change back to its original state in the garden. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. What a great change! The original sin is reversed. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verses 52 through 54 speaks also of this change. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, 
walks in total freedom, no longer bound to the enemy, and this mortal has put on immortality. When the pure word can live in us, undiluted by worldly Adamic wisdom, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. It's the dawning of a new day. The light that shines is Jesus, the bright morning star. Jesus, the Son of God, the Word through His body can lead the way for all mankind to experience restoration and the perfection that God intended for man. Wouldn't happiness, joy, and peace far surpass what we have now? Here is something exciting to contemplate. What if we would contact one another, setting a time to begin our move against the enemy? Mankind unitedly fighting through prayer and praise, boldly declaring truth while trusting completely in the blood of the Lamb of God to give us the right to do so. Picture all of humanity shouting at the same time the Word of God to the powers of darkness, lifting end-time truth to put down the world's wisdom and resulting false doctrine, declaring to the enemy their choice to receive only the wisdom and knowledge of God from now on, and refusing the wisdom Eve chose. Ephesians chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 speaks of this very thing. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. God had a plan all along for our restoration, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in him. We are reconnected. So let us fight for what is ours. Here is one more scripture that should motivate us. Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. So let's rumble, brothers and sisters. Let's war. Heaven and hell battle the war of Armageddon violently through the human race, through our minds. But the good news? Victory is guaranteed by God Himself. We win.